little mini-series called Frequently Asked Questions. We kind of gave y'all the opportunity to anonymously ask uh, questions that you wanted to have answered. And so we're going to do three, three of them. Uh, last week was how do you reconcile uh, the sovereignty of God and the free will of man? I feel like uh, with that argument that's been going on for thousands of years, I pretty well put it to rest. So feel free to listen to that. Um, that's good. And then this morning, I actually think this is a great question, right? As we were going through the list, one of the things we were trying to do was go, hey, what? What will help us also? What, what, what's going to be beneficial for us at this church? And uh, the question that was actually presented was, hey, I don't see covenant membership in the Bible, so why do we have covenant membership? Which is an excellent question, um, and, and I think regardless of where you're at today, right? So a, a bulk of you in this room are already covenant members, so you're like, I don't necessarily need to know this. But even as I studied this week, I was like, man, the reminder of the beauty of what it means to be a part of a local church, the, the importance of what it means to be uh, in, in membership, in unity, and covenant with other people is huge. So even if you are a covenant member today, I hope that you're challenged. It was challenging for me going, oh yeah, man, there's a lot of what God calls me to to be a part of a local congregation. Maybe you are in the room, you're going, Hey, I'm not sure about covenant membership. I don't even know what this is. I don't even know why that is. I've been praying for you that you go, man, I see it clearly in scripture. And then also as we look at this today, part of what we want to look at is what makes a person a part of the church, period. And so I've been praying that maybe some of you this morning may go, man, I, I need to know Christ. So I'm a part of the big C church to start with. So I think there's much to gain for all of us this morning, regardless of where you fall or whether or not this is a question you're interested in or not. Uh, here's what I even thought about. I, I can't remember in, in all my years at a church hearing someone preach about membership. Uh, and maybe that's just I was at churches that uh, didn't do a good job of that. Maybe you've been at churches, they've taught all about that. But it's, it's interesting to me to go, man, something that a majority of churches do in America, and we're not really teaching what does Scripture say about that. And so I think this is important, whether you've been going to church forever or you're new to church. And so why should I be a covenant member of a church? Uh, why should I be a covenant member of this church even um, is the question we'll answer today. Katie and I dated for four months before I asked her to marry me. Um, she was been my best friend for about five years through college. If you've been around, I've told the story. I asked her to be my girlfriend like five times in five years, got shot down. I knew if I could ever lock down the dating game, we were getting the ring on the finger as quick as possible before she changed her mind. Um, my wife has always been one that's like slow to commit to things. Um, commitment makes her a little uneasy. She has this uh, kind of like, what if there's something better? Which there probably was. That's why I had to get the ring on quickly. It's like, you don't need to think about, is there something better out there, right? Um, and so, man, we were like two months into dating and I, we both needed new cell phones and family plans had like just come out back then. Uh, you know, the old Razor phone was super sweet. We wanted new Razors as well. And uh, so I was like, hey, what if we like did a family plan? We've been dating for two months. Let's do a family plan. It'll be cheap for us. That'll be awesome. She was like, oh, okay. We get to the Sprint store or whatever it was. And I remember she had like a full-fledged panic attack outside the Sprint store. She's like, this is not a good idea. I'm going to be locked to you for life if I get this phone. Like she was like, let's just go on. I was like, dude, we're just trying to save money today. You can still not date me. Long story short, I uh, coerced her into getting our phones and then coerced her into marrying me. Praise God. She stayed with me. But I think, I think honestly that, that mentality is, is pretty prevalent in our culture. Uh, we, we live in a culture right now where commitment is not held in very high regard. 
Um, commitment is looked at as maybe possibly boxing us in. Um, maybe this, we're going to miss something better if we commit to this. And, and so really it's, it's falling by the wayside. But man, as we look at scripture, man, God has called us to a pretty deep and real commitment to the local church. And, and so my, my hope for us is even if you're in a place where you're like, commitment is difficult. It is scary. It is a little hard. Uh, but this morning to go, man, what, what other person to trust in committing all that I have to than Jesus Christ and his church that he died for? Um, and so I hope that it encourages us this morning uh, even to re-up some of the commitment we've already given. So I want to start with this. Let's be clear. I want to clear the air. If you are looking this morning, if you are one of the people that's like, where in the Bible does it say membership? I will not give you a verse today that says you need to go to a church, sign a piece of paper, and enter into covenant membership. There's not like a hidden verse you hadn't seen yet that I'm going to give you today. But I do believe that it's all over the New Testament. Like if we take scripture and we begin to allow it to speak in, we're going to go, hey, whatever this, this uh, umbrella of membership that we've put in a church, it's all over the New Testament. You won't find church, uh, scripture that says that Christ is going to rapture his church. That's not in there verbatim. But I think we would all believe that, that scripture definitely says Christ is going to come back and rapture his church. You're not going to find scripture that says God is Trinity. But you just sang a song that he is Trinity. You use the word Trinity. Not in the Bible. But all over the place we see the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're not going to see scripture that says your church better have a good children's ministry, but a bulk of you just dropped your kids off and said, this is good and right that you're discipling our kids and they're in a place to learn about Jesus. Nothing about children's ministry in the Bible. You're not gonna find anything about baby dedication, right? There, there's nothing that says dedicate babies to Jesus in the Bible. But when we look at the Bible, we go, man, it's called us to walk in community. It's called us to, to pray for one another, to come alongside one another. And so hopefully there was no one in this room that was like, oh, look at those cute babies. I would pray for them, but I've never seen baby dedication, so I'm not praying for you or your parents. Sorry, kid. Like that's, but if we, if we take this idea that, hey, we don't see exactly the word membership in the Bible, we, we've got to be careful how that plays out for every other thing we do in the church. And my goal is to show you scripturally where I think membership is all over the Bible. I think it's a command of God for the people of God. And, and not my idea, but what scripture shows us to. And so with that being said, kind of like last week, uh, we usually jump into bulk passages of scripture. We're not going to get to do that today. There's going to be a lot of them. So I'd say write them down, go back and look at them, email me where I'm wrong, all the good things we talked about last week. But let's start with this scripture. I do want to start here. We can turn here and then we're going to jump all over the place. I want you to turn to Psalm 23, verse 6. I want to look at one, one verse to kind of kick off covenant membership. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have come here that said, man, why do you use the word covenant? That seems kind of weird. Fair question. Um, here, here's where it comes from. In Psalm 23, verse 6, this is the, uh, the, the psalm of the Lord is my shepherd. Beautiful psalm. In the end, verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, Covenant membership, you're like, that doesn't make any sense for covenant membership, but thanks, man. Uh, when we look at the word mercy, surely goodness and mercy, that is a Hebrew word that covers this gamut of who the Lord is, and that word is hesed. 
And, and I've got a definition for you of hesed. I think we can put that on the screen. Here's the word. Many biblical words such as mercy, compassion, love, grace, and faithfulness relate to the Hebrew word hesed. But none of these completely summarizes the concept. Hesed is not merely an emotion or a feeling, but it involves an action on behalf of someone who is in need. Hesed describes a sense of love and loyalty that inspires merciful and compassionate behavior towards another person. The word hesed is kind of the all-encompassing word of the covenantal love and faithfulness of God. And so when you entered in as a Christian, he, he, he brought you into a covenant relationship and said, I'm going to show you said love, merciful, compassionate, slow to anger, full of love. And, and I love what one person said. Is they describe said love as a one-way love. It's like even when we're not faithful, he's going to lavish said love on us. This is the beauty of who God is. This huge idea that he says, hey, in Christ you are mine and I will love you one direction. Even when you're not faithful, I'm going to be unwavering. It's this beautiful, committed love. And this encompasses the idea of his covenant with his people. We are a covenantal people. There is a commitment. And the commitment is that he will show his said love to his people. And that, that's what we're asking, that's what we're talking about when we say at Wellspring specifically, we're entering into covenant membership. We're saying this said love, this faithfulness, this one-way love, like when I'm not faithful, you're going to remain faithful. And when you're not faithful, I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to show you the kindness and the mercy and the grace and the love of Christ on full display as best I can in the power of the Spirit to a particular people in a particular place. Look, I can say I have his said love for the world. Man, we're, we're to love all Christians, all people. But it, you don't put that into practice until you say, okay, you guys, <laughs> you're all the ones. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start here. I'm signing up to do that here. I'm going to be with you here. I'm going to be committed to you. And it's a beautiful thing. It's not a scary thing. In fact, one of the things we even talked about going through this in our own covenant here. It's putting in there this, this idea, we probably need to change this, of saying, hey, if and when you leave this church, which God will probably call a lot of you to go help plant, to go to a different church one day, to move somewhere, if and when you leave this church, part of what we think we should ask you to continue to covenant in is that you're going to go find that somewhere else. You're going to go jump in and put my hand up and say, I'm in. This is my people. I'm going to show his said love to these people. I think that's important. This isn't a wellspring thing. This is a command of God that we are to be the people of his covenant, showing his covenantal love to a particular people in a particular place, in a particular time, in a particular church. And so that's why we have what we call covenant membership here. That's what we're hoping for. We live in a time right now, again, where everything's contractual, right? Church is looked at mostly by a lot of people, and I think it's because we've gone, who cares about membership? Where do you see that? That's, that's not important. And so we live in a time now where it's like, if I don't like what happens at this church, I can just go down the road. I'm not committed, really. Yeah, I'll give my money. I'll give my time. I'll show up. I'll do the things. But I, I'm not going to raise my hand and say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to you. I'm going to said love you with all I got no matter what. Because then we're kind of forced into staying around <laughs> and working it out when things get hard. And I think that's where some of the church hopping and, and the idea of going, man, I just need church to 
fulfill my needs has grown so prevalent. And God has so much better for us, so much better for every church than that. And so here's what I want to do. When we think about this, first we need to decide who is the church? Okay, this is important. Before we talk about membership, we got to decide what is the, if we're saying we want you to be a covenant membership of a church, what is a church? Who is the church? And so here's what I want to kind of paint for you is this picture. Wellspring is not the church. Um, we have gatherings. Uh, we have kids ministry. We have student ministry. We have adults. We have all these things. And you could literally be a part of all that. You could be committed to all that. You could be giving financially and serving, going, I love what is happening at Wellspring Church, and literally not be a part of the church at any level, like not even a part of the Big C Church. It is possible to come and be a part of everything we do and not be a part of the church. Why? Because Scripture is very clear that the church are the redeemed of Christ, so what we do today in this moment doesn't make you a part of the church. What makes you a part of the church is that you've been saved by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. In that moment, now you are brought in as his people into the church. It's not a building, obviously. <laughs> We're hoping to change this one one day, right? Um, it, it's, not even, it's not even who attends our gatherings. I mean, the church is the redeemed of Christ. This is the ones that he said, man, I poured my blood out for these people. The church is massively important to Jesus, and it should be massively important to us. I want you to see Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. This is where Paul's really telling husbands and wives how to love each other well, but he's going, really, this is all about the church. It's all about Christ. It's all about what he's done. Listen to what it says. It says, husbands, love your wives as what? Christ loved the church, the people of God, and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that that might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Jesus is going, I died for the church because the church is my people. Yes, are we, are we facilitating that? Are we in a local place where he's called us as a particular people to, to work together in unity? Yeah, we'll look all through the scriptures at that in a second. But to be a part of the church means first that you are redeemed by Jesus, that you're a Christian. You can come to church all you want. You can be a part of all the wellspring things and literally not be a part of the church unless you are redeemed by Jesus. So because it's so important to him, it should be massively important to us. He's going to die for her. I'm coming back to get her. This whole thing is, is to show my glory by redeeming for myself a people, the church, and I'm doing everything I can to purify her so that people see who I am. And so the three things that make you a part of this, I think, one, the, the main thing is salvation. We looked at that, right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we, we looked at this scripture, I think even yesterday or last Sunday, for gr by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So I want to be clear before we look at these other two parts of what it looks like to be in the church of Christ. Salvation alone is what brings you in, by faith alone in Christ alone. So let's get that part clear. But then he's left us two things that, that identify us as part of his church. The first is communion or the Lord's Supper. 
We just did that. Most weeks I read 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. We have it on the screen, but I want you to see the last two verses of what we do nearly every week. He says, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Part of what he set up is he said, hey, listen, if you are going to be a part of the church and, and you know, you don't, you're not the thief that dies on the cross right next to him and then goes straight to heaven. But if you've given your life to Jesus, if your faith is in Christ, now you're to be a part of a local body of believers. And part of what you should do is take communion together. This is a part of what it means to be in the church. Do this regularly. This is, this is a symbolic representation that you are saved. The next is believer's baptism, right? And, and, I, and I get that we come from different denominations and backgrounds, and I love that. But when we look at Scripture, it's, it, it's very clear in the New Testament that baptism was set up as, a, as an entrance into identifying with the church. And so Acts 2, 37 through 38, here's what it says. Peter's preaching at Pentecost. All these people are listening. They're like, okay, what do we do? You just told us we're sinful and we need Jesus. And here's what it says. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brother, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, first is repentance. Turn from being your own God and place your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then he said, and go be baptized. Once you have identified with Christ through faith, now go do that symbolically and identify him publicly with baptism. It said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus has kind of set up one way to be in the church and two ways to identify with the church. Put your faith in Christ, be a part of communion, and be a part of believer's baptism which means there has to be this moment where you became a Christian and then you go, I want to be baptized. And we practice immersion here because we see that in the Bible. But regardless, it's this moment of however mode you do it of going, I'm in Jesus now. This is what baptism is for, to show the world I'm in Christ now. I wasn't and now I am. And these are the three things that scripture says, this is what the people of the church of God look like. This makes up the church. And so one, I just say, hey man, if in your life you haven't fallen into one of these categories, I begin to pray, God, what, do you, what would you have for me then? Like scripture's clear on these things. And so this is why we require of our covenant members to be saved. We don't have a lot of requirements. <laughs> we want you to be saved. We want you to be baptized as a believer, right? And we want you to take part of communion with us because that's what the Bible says to do, right? All the things that we have set up in our covenant membership is hopefully us going, this is as clearly as we can see what Scripture says for us to do, and so we better do it. It's not, there's not a part of it that's like, hey, let's just make up a bunch of rules. That'd be fun. No one likes that. <laughs> so we're fun, trying to follow Jesus because whatever he wants for us is what's best for us. Uh, here's how I look at it. If we're going to kind of move now into the membership side of a local church. My kids play baseball, and uh, they play with CYSAA, um, which is great most days, um, except when I... You lose my mind or something. But other than that, most days it's good. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, there are a ton of softball and baseball players out there all under the umbrella of CYSAA. Uh, and again, you can break down any analogy, okay? So good job. But uh, let's use this one. There's a lot of softball and baseball players out there, but we have to sign up for a team, right? Why? Because if they want to play the game, 
It doesn't matter that they're softball and baseball player. It doesn't matter that they're part of CYSAA. There, there needs to be a team that they're signed up for. And when they sign up for a team, they have a particular coach to answer to. The coach has particular players he is held accountable for and by. They wear their own jerseys to distinguish that they are on a team. Each kid has a, posi a position that must be played in unity with the rest of the, t of the team in order to win. Right? They have a particular gifting and a particular position. It's like, you, you've got to do this role or this team doesn't function correctly. Now, here's what's amazing to me. A ton of people come and watch the game. I'm one of them. And you know what? I've invested my money so I could be at the game. My time, <laughs> a lot of time. There was even one time the coach was running late and I warmed up the kids. But I'm not on the team. I watch it. I experience it. I cheer when the team cheers. I get to be a part of everything the team's doing, but I'm not on the team and I'm not playing the game. There's a difference. And can you imagine if all the parents showed up at the ball fields and said, you know what? You guys are all baseball and softball players. Y'all just go figure it out out there. Go have fun. It would be mass chaos and no one would play the game. And everybody looking on would go, this is chaotic. And membership of a church is a lot like this. Right? God has said, hey, yes, are you part of the Big C Church? Absolutely. But he doesn't just call us to go, hey, now just go run out there and play the game. Good luck. No, he says, man, you need to be a part of a particular people. And you do need a coach. And you do need accountability, and they need accountability. And you do need to wear the jersey so that we know that you're on the team. And you've got to play the game. You've got to be in your position doing your part or the team doesn't play correctly. It's this commitment. And a lot of people could come watch the team play, but it doesn't mean you're on the team. You can invest a whole lot into it, but you're not on the team until you say, I want to play. I want to be on this team and I want to, I want a position to play because God's given me an ability to do this. And so this is what I think about when I think about covenant membership. C.H. Uh, Spurgeon said this, and I love this. He said, I believe that every Christian ought to be joined to some visible church. That is his plain duty according to Scripture. For, so for Spurgeon, who's just one dude, a lot smarter than me, though, would say, hey, this is our duty as believers. God's people are not dogs, else they might go about one by one. They are sheep, and therefore they should be in a flock. Right, this is membership. It's going, I'm a part of this flock. Now, th th these are our shepherds. This is who I'm running with. And so for our last 10 minutes here, I, I want to look at Scripture moments of, of maybe answering some, some pivotal places in Scripture of why should I be a covenant member. So the first thing I want to answer is this. Why should I be a covenant member? The gospel is put on full display in membership. Uh, radical love serving that has said love that we have for one another, right? Part of what God is trying to do in that with a particular people, for us, he's going, man, most of us have nothing in common outside of Jesus. And so if we come in and we say, we're on the same team, I'm gonna play a position here. What's gonna happen is by the way we show his said love and our covenant commitment, the world will look on and go, man, who is their God? Jesus said it, John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you also, 
You are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He's going that same covenantal love that has said faithfulness and love that I've shown you. I, I command you, I call you to show that to a particular people so that when that, your city, your town looks on, they'll go, man, we can tell they're their disciples by the way they love each other. It's a command of the Lord. Church membership puts into practice all that we're saying. And this is why we here at Wellspring would say, hey, belonging to a group and, and faithful attendance is a part of our, our covenant membership. We're going, because God's commanded us to be rubbing shoulders together, to be loving each other, serving each other, so that the world goes, what is the gospel? I can see it in the people. Number two, why covenant membership? God created you to be in membership in a church, and you are needed and, and you need other people. And this is the part we hate because we live in such an individualistic society where we're taught, you, you better not rely on anybody. Dude, you better buck up and be strong. And the Bible says the complete opposite. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you're taking notes, go read all of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this week because this is, sums up church membership as easy as anything. But I want to give you kind of the, the, the bookends of Paul's little essay here. 1 Corinthians 12 12 through 14, here's what he says. He says, For just as the body, the human body, is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we're all baptized into the body, right? We just talked about. What, what's part of identifying with the church? Believer's baptism. So as we're baptized into Christ, whether we're Jews or Greeks or we're slaves or free, even though we don't maybe not have anything in common, we're all made to drink of one spirit, and so we have Jesus as our commonality. And for the body does not consist of one member, but many members. And then the end of this kind of bookend is 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31. He says, now you are of the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church. So we're talking members of the church. This, this whole thing is about a local church, a specific church, a specific people meeting together. He says, God has appointed first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Paul is literally going, hey, look. To be a part of the local church means that you have a position on the team. But first you gotta say, hey, I wanna be on the team. And then you gotta go, here's the position I play. And then literally for you and I, there's this command of God that we work in unity and whatever body part you are, we're all working together so that the gospel can go forth. And this is hard. Listen, if you're a covenant member in this church today, this is a, a re-challenge that God is asking more of you than just to come sit on Sunday mornings. That, that's not being on the team. That's being on the sidelines. If you've signed up as a member and you've said, I'm in, this is the place God's called me to. I, I trust these people and this, this uh, leadership and, and this is the place that I'm going to yoke hand in hand together with people and say, I'm on the team. Then he's, he's going, man, remember that you have a place here. You have a part to play here. And if you don't, play your part, we don't function well as a team. And you may go, man, I don't even know what my part is. Then I would say, please come talk to me, come talk to our elders, and let's figure out what is the part that God has for you here? 
What is the part to play? Because it's for your good and the glory of the gospel. Don't just be an attender. I love this, uh, this quote by Mark Dever. Here's what he says. We must begin to view membership less as a loose affiliation, useful only on occasion, and more as a regular responsibility, becoming involved in one another's lives for the purpose of the gospel. That's a beautiful quote for, the, for the, what the church is. It's an intentional investment into the people of the church for the glory of our king. Next question, why covenant membership? We are called to be under shepherdship, authority, and accountability. So again, let's look at this for a moment. Hebrews 13, 17. Here's what it says. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. And you're like, yeah, Matt, you're one of the leaders. Of course you'd love to get up there and say, submit to my authority. Listen, I, I've only been an elder of a church, right? We have six elders right now that we would say, these are your pastors, your overseers, your shepherds. You guys voted for these guys to do that, right? You said, we want these people to do this for us. And literally one, the Bible says, as an elder, overseer, shepherd, I'm gonna have to stand before God and give an account for how I shepherded, shepherded, took care of your souls. <laughs> and that's heavy, guys right? I've only been an elder for three years of my life. Now, now I want to back up too and just say this. Look, I've been in the church and ministry for 20 years and I've never once gone, this seems horrible to have someone over me in the church. In fact, in the places where it was done really well, it was one of the most encouraging blessings of God that I could ever have to have good overseers and shepherds invest in my family Invest in me, encourage me when things are going well. And when they look at me and go, hey man, here's some areas that you probably wanna start giving to the Lord because this is leading to death in your life for them to be able to go, but we're gonna walk with you in it. It's not a judgmental thing, man. We want life and love for you. So I'm gonna show you has said love as an elder. It's a beautiful thing. And if you're coming here, one, if you've signed up as a, as a member here, hopefully you go, man, we, we trust these elders. It's a good thing that we're under their care because they, they have to stand before God and they're gonna have to give an account for how they're shepherding my family. And if you haven't, man, take time to go, are these the people? Is this the place? But it's not an option. God's saying, no, we need this because it's good and it's right for us. But can I tell you something that I, that I need you to hear? This is an easy sign of church membership in scripture to me because I'm not the over-shepherd as an elder of anybody at Journey Church or Oak Grove Church, I will not answer for them. Why? Because God's put me over a particular people in a particular place, and I'm gonna go further. If you in this room have not signed up and said, I'm a covenant member, I wanna be under the authority here, I wanna link arms, I wanna show his said love, I don't have to answer for shepherding your soul. I'm gonna love you well, I'm gonna do as best I can, I will have to answer for how I treat all people, but it's different. Those of you that said we're covenant memberships of Wellspring, I'm gonna stand before God and he's gonna go, okay, what about this family, Matt? How did you do that? Because they said they wanted to be under your, your shepherdship. They wanted to be under your authority. How'd that go? That's heavy. But that's, I mean, that's just an easy, like philosophical, we, we need membership. We need you to go, I'm here. I have been saved. I have been baptized. 
I am a part of this church. I do wear the jersey. I want to come under your authority. Or else it just doesn't work. It is just impossible. But also, we need it for accountability. And can I tell you, uh, accountability is not fun unless you know that the person is for you that's holding you accountable, right? If someone loves you and you know it and you're like, you're telling me things that I want to punch you in the face right now, but I know you love me so much that I can't even deny it. That's really, in a way, what elder shepherding and accountability is supposed to, honestly, that's what you're supposed to do with each other. Part of the Bible says when you have said one another, this is what you're doing is holding each other accountable too. So part of membership is going, I'm in on that. I've signed up, right? It's easy to go, I, I'm not a member of this church. <laughs> you don't have any reign over my life. You're not gonna tell me what to do. But membership is going, no, I see that God's called me to do this. And so now I'm giving you as the people of God authority to hold each other accountable, to show his said faithfulness and love. And as elders and overseers, we're to do the same. Right? Look at what Jesus said. This is our example, Matthew 18, 15 through 17. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Your brother, right? Someone that loves Jesus, you love Jesus, he sins against you, go one-on-one. And if he listens to you, you have gained a brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you and that every charge may be established by the evidence or two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, then what do we do? We go tell the church. This guy's on our team. This lady's on our team and they're doing something leading to death in their life. And we don't want them to go down that path because it's horrible. And we went in private and we said, look, man, this is horrible for you. Help me walk with you. And then we, they said, who cares? So I took a couple brothers and we're like, dude, we love you. Let's do this together. Let's figure this out. Nothing to do with it. So we bring it to the church and we go, here's one of our jersey wearing members. And they're going, we don't care about this. We're an outright rebellion and we don't want you to tell us how to live our life. And what does Jesus say to do to that person within the church? He says, if he refuses to listen, even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. What he's saying is, you remove them from the fellowship of the church. You can't be removed out of something until you're in something. And I'm just telling you, being a tender here does not make you in something, right? If we're gonna practice this in a biblical way, which should be for love and grace and helping one another, hopefully you guys see me doing something stupid and you're a member here, you go, Matt, dude, we love you, but this is gonna, this is gonna end badly for your family or for you. Like, we wanna help you walk through this, right? That, that's accountability and it's good and it's needed. It's scary. But I can't hold you accountable if you said you're not on the team yet. I mean, I could come up to you and say, hey, man, I heard about this, but you could just go to the next church. Who cares? You haven't committed to me. I'm not committed to you. That's why we need membership. And lastly, why do we need covenant membership? Because God uses the local church to further the mission of the kingdom in ways that we can't even think or imagine on our own. Acts 2, 42 through 47. This is the, the original Jerusalem church. You want to go back? They actually had a role. They took, they took names. They said, these are our members. Go look at it if you want to. Acts 2, 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right? They were present. They said, we're committed to coming and being. Christ died for this church, so we're going to be here too. To fellowship and to breaking bread and with prayers, they're going, man, we are going to show said love. We're going to be in unity. We're going to walk in community. 
And signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Wearing the same jersey. Look, we don't even know each other before this, but we're, we got all things in common now because of Christ. We are a people in a particular church in Jerusalem. 40, 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, they attended the temple together. They broke bread together in their homes. They received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And because you had a specific church with a specific group of people that had been saved and baptized and said, we want to be a part of this Jerusalem church and we have all things in common. We're going to give of our money, our time. I'm going to play my position. Here's what it says happens. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the beauty of the church, man is we get to be a part of something so much greater than what we could accomplish on our own. Like, look what the Lord is already doing here in our community. Look at the families that are being saved. Even, even those of us that have come in and said, man, we didn't have a church home, and now we have a church home. He's doing something greater. We're going to build a building. The building doesn't mean a whole lot except for it's like home base for us now to do more ministry, invite more people in, meet other people's needs, send other people out. And it's impossible. I'm telling you, we're, we're designing this thing. It's going to be impossible unless the people of God go, we're going we're to follow what God has and we're going to give abundantly and generously for the glory of God so the gospel can go out. But it, what's amazing, it's going to happen. <laughs> like we're getting to see things that only the Lord can do through his people when they walk in unity and has said love. And I'm telling you, it begins with church membership. So this morning, I think the better question to ask is this. Why would you not want to be a covenant membership, a covenant member of a church? Like if you're in this room, you're going, I'm against that. Why? Why would you not want to experience his said love and get to show others that same love? Why would you not want to raise your hand and say, I'm on this team, I've been saved, I've been given gifts, and I want to link arms and I want to be used for a great cause for the glory of God? Why would you not want godly leadership that God has appointed to speak into your life, to encourage you, to equip you, and, and to be watchful with you and for you? Why would you not want to give of your resources, your time and your money to accomplish something that only God could do, so much bigger than ourselves? Why would you want to watch the game when you were made to wear a jersey and play the game? Man, church membership is an incredible honor and gift that Christ has given us. And there's no perfect churches. <laughs> we are not going to get it all right here. And I'm just going to tell you, if you keep coming here and you go, this isn't the place I want to be a member, I'm pleading with you. Go find a place to be a member. Go find a place where you're like, man, this is where God has called us to link arms and be in the game. Because this is where we find the fullness of life and joy that God has given us as his people. He's calling us in to say, raise your hand up and use your gifting. Be held accountable. Be loved on and love others and stay committed for the glory of the gospel going forth to all nations. Let's pray together. And so, Lord, I thank you for your church. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I love your church and uh, it's really tainted and foggy can, compared to how you love your church because it's your people. 
And God, I thank you that you just didn't say, hey, go play ball out on the field. Good luck, guys. But you gave us leaders and you gave us systems and, 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 and commands and things to do so that we would walk in a way that's good for our soul and glorifying to you. God, let us not be a people that are scared of commitment. Let us not be a people that, that look at commitment as um, just not a thing that really matters. But God, let us see a people, be a people that see the church as a place to go, I'm giving my everything here. That's scary, Lord, and it's been abused. <laughs> There's been horrible, corrupt leadership. There's been broken membership, and, and there, there will be brokenness here at any church. But it doesn't stop your command. It doesn't stop what's good and right for our souls and what glorifies you in the world. So I do pray for the one that, that has been hurt by the church, that you, that you would heal that, that they would see that we're all broken and in need of a saving, but that you can still be trusted but with the things you command us to. And God, this morning, here, here's my prayer. I pray for those that are currently covenant members here that they would be a little bit challenged as I was this week. <laughs> this is a weighty thing. And maybe we, we get stuck sitting on the sidelines when we're supposed to be in the game. Or maybe we've just been playing without our shortstop for a long time and it's not been working right. And so I pray uh, for those people that they would find their place, find their position. And because it's for your good, their good and your glory. It's for the good of the church and the good of the people. And I pray for those that would say, hey, man, I just don't know about this membership thing. I don't, I don't trust it. I don't know it. I'm not sure about it. God, would you just work in their hearts and minds uh, to show what, what's best for their family, God? And I do pray that you would, um, <laughs> you would add to our covenant membership here with people maybe that have been waiting and watching to see. And God, that we would just gain more and more faithful teammates to get to do this thing with. And then, Lord, finally, I pray for the ones that maybe have never become a part of your big C church. Uh, they've done a lot of cool church stuff and been really involved watching the game, but they've never been in the game. God, I pray that today you, they would see their need for you, to surrender to you as king, that you're ready to take away their sin, that they would move forward in obedience with believers' baptism to symbolically testify of what you have done in their lives. And so, God, whatever, you, whatever it is for us in this room, I think we all have things to pray through. And, and so I pray you'd help us to hear from you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.